It's nighttime on the internet. A janitor syncs his Facebook with his Twitter feed. An emergency room nurse abandons her tumbler. The ghost of Hitler bit torrents a comedian's unreleased album. It's time for the Pod F Tompcast. Welcome to the Pod F Tomcast, an audiophonic collection of comedy-type ramblings and bitlets offered freely to a trusting, uncynical public, presided over by your master of ceremonies, Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. The Pod F. Tomcast, episode four. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Pod F. Tomcast, episode four. Did that sound like I was welcoming you to Jurassic Park? Well, I was trying to make it sound that way, but I cleverly substituted my podcast name and episode number for the words Jurassic Park. You've got sharp ears if you figure that out. Clever dinosaur. That's what they said. All of them in that movie. Yes, it is episode four of the Pod F. Tompcast. I am Paul F. Tompkins. I am the host of It, the thing that I just mentioned. And we got another one for you. We got another roundup, to use cowboy terms, of those things that make up the Pod F. Tompcast. We've got... uh, got a call from our friend Jen Kirkman. We've got a Thanksgiving-themed sketch from the Paul F. Tompkins show. (sighs) Just catching my breath, I guess. Just thinking about all that stuff crashed over me like a wave. Wave from the ocean. Not like somebody waving at me really emphatically. That's a hell of a wave, let me tell you. If you are able to wave so emphatically, so enthusiastically, that you knock someone over with the force of your waving, well, then you are a good friend to have. That's how excited you are to see someone. Unless you're doing it on purpose, like you know it knocks people over. And you just want to see what it's like. You just want to see the people fall down. What kind of a monster are you? I thought you were my friend. But you're using your forceful wave powers to knock me to the ground? Is that to build yourself up? What? Why do you... You know what? I've decided I'm not friends with that person anymore. The person I just made up. They know what they did. Because I made up that they know. Look, if you have... <laughs> I was going to say, if you have special waving powers, you have a lot of responsibility, but... I don't want to over-dramatize it. I don't know what your responsibility would be with uh, such a forceful wave. <laughs> what we get you to wave at tyrants around the globe. We're sending you to Rwanda. <laughs> Start waving at people. 
the right people. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here today at this podcast to enjoy ourselves. This is the month of giving thanks, and I give thanks to all of you who have downloaded this or had it downloaded for them. If your faith requires that someone else download podcasts. Hey, that's the way it works sometimes, you know. People believe in stuff that uh, says they can't touch computers at certain times. This will be dropping on a Monday, though, so I think you're in the clear. I don't... Look, I'm not an expert on all the world's religions. There might be a religion out there that says, Mondays, you cannot touch laptops. Both the laptop computer and the top of someone's lap. You can touch the underside of their lap all day long. And it will not be an insult to our God, G-D. But Mondays, forget it. Tops of laps. They are forbidden. Think about it, that kind of makes a certain amount of sense. I mean, that's a little intimate. Put your hand on the top of someone's lap. Less intimate to put your hand on their laptop. Although you should respect people's things. That's what we learn in kindergarten. When they force you to bring all your your toys, your favorite toy, to, to kindergarten. And you have to share it with people. And then sometimes people betray the code of sharing and they steal stuff from your Fisher-Price circus train. I'm not saying that happened to me, exactly, when I went to kindergarten. I am merely implying that it did. Now I'm saying it. That did happen to me. I'll never get that elephant back. I mean, I could get it back now, probably through eBay or something, but I don't have the rest of the train anymore. What am I going to do with that stupid Fisher-Price Circus elephant without the rest of the circus train? I can't create a bunch of games around that elephant. That he just exists in space. It's just like there. Also, I can't imagine the way I used to when I was a kid. Stick him on my desk, and then it's like, all right, elephant, you're a... You're a tiny elephant on a gigantic desk. Mm. I just can't get lost in it. I can't get lost in it the way I got when I was a kid. It's a shame, really, that our powers of imagination have to fade. Hmm. I mean... Maybe they don't for other people. Maybe it's just me. It's still a shame. In my book. It's a shame my powers of imagination have to fade. Or get limited to... Writing things. That's... That's still like... Is that better or worse? Is it better that I can imagine something and then write it down? And create a fake thing? Or is it worse that it's like... The imagination can't just be enough. Like... Uh, how does how does my imagination work again? Let me uh, let me write this down. Oh, now I get where this this would come to life. Now that I see it on a computer screen, because that's how I write. I don't write it out longhand like a jerk. People who do that, you're a jerk if you do it. Hand it off to some assistant just to make sense of your chicken scratch. 
Oh, you know what? If you get a chicken to scratch on a piece of paper and hand that to an assistant, you're even more of a jerk. Also, you are adding time to the process. There's no way that is effective. Are you guiding the chicken's foot? I'm assuming it's... The scratch comes from the foot, right? That's where we get that expression. Chicken scratching on the ground. Unless they got... Some brittle wings. We'll scratch you. Chickens, clean up your wings. Look, this is a message to all those chickens. Chickens, clean your wings. Anyway, I use my imagination to write up this part of the podcast. The story of the Great Undiscovered Project. Who is talking to whom in this installment? You are about to find out. Because it's coming up in one second. In the recent past, a group of creative giants collaborated on an epic artistic endeavor. Shrouded in secrecy, the project was hidden away by the very geniuses that brought it to life. The Pod F Tomcast has obtained a series of phone calls recorded by an unknown party that tell the tale of this venture's initiation and subsequent abandonment. This is the story of The Great Undiscovered Project. Previously on The Great Undiscovered Project. This thing we haven't even started thinking about, much less created, needs to be seen by the entire world. I'll take to the creative phone tree post haste. We're gonna make a lot of great memories. This is a bad time. I'm getting out of directing to devote myself exclusively to proving the existence of the Loch Ness Monster. You can help me with my little problem? Yeah, yeah, I know just the guy to talk to. Gary, you're saving my life, man. I know. All right, son, I gotta eat my cold food. All right. Goodbye. Ugh, this guy. from the reality TV show of the same name. I'm busy making cakes with the cake crew, so leave a message. Unless it's about making an elaborate cake in a relatively short amount of time, that is. Cake Boss! Buddy, it's me, Gary Marshall. Come on, pick up. I know you're there. You're always in that kitchen. Gary, come on, what do you want? I'm making cakes with my cake crew in the cake kitchen. What, like I thought you were playing badminton? Buddy, I need to talk with you. Privately. No, Maron, all right. All your jewels gonna take a break. I need to make a phone call here. Come on, you jack a moment. This is a personal call. Get out of here. Gary, 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 what is it? What is it? Why, why have you called the cake boss? A couple things, buddy. First, I got an actor on my new project who has an addiction to dragees. Dragees? What's that? What's that? You of all people. It's those little metal balls they put on cakes. Oh, I always called them edible ball bearings. What did you call them? Dragees. Nah. But that's what the... Look, whatever you call them, this kid is hooked on them bad. He eats them all day long. All the noise from the constant crunching will seriously hamper filming. Any chance you can make a... 
I don't know, like a methadone version. Of course, I'm the boss of cakes. I can definitely synthesize the powerful addictive effects of edible ball bearings in a non-addictive form. He won't even know. Will it be any quieter? Oh yeah, I'll make him out of frosting. Okay, now for the next thing. Look, buddy, I know about your, uh, your gift. Why, whatever do you mean? Buddy, come off it. I know you have the second sight. What? How did you find that out? It was a secret. Son, I've known you since the rap party for the other sister when I ordered that cake to look like Juliette Lewis as a mentally challenged person doing crunches. I can tell when someone's acting different because they can suddenly see the future. Oh, Gary, I believe that somebody else knows. It's a blessing and a curse. How did it happen anyway? I was working late in the cake kitchen, like I always do, and I knocked over a whole bag of flour. I went to clean it up, and I got bit on the hand by a cake bug. What, like a radioactive one? No, just regular. All cake bugs have a special venom that could cause humans to see the future. That little guy bit me on the hand and let his venom flow into my veins. That's how I received the gift of the cake bug. That's pretty gross. So listen. Now that you know that I know, I need a favor. Go ahead and look into the future and tell me how this movie I'm working on does at the box office. Oh, Gary, it's gonna be a smash hit. I know it. Why, you looked into the future already? No, you're just a good director. Pretty woman and stuff. Come on, buddy. I need this. If I know the movie's gonna be a success, it makes it easier to work on. Gary Marshall, no. You must not ask me. I am forbidden to change the course of people's lives by telling them the futures. I'm like that lonely guy on the moon with the big head. Buddy, Bison, you're seriously not gonna help me out with this? Gary, I can't do it. It wouldn't be right. It's too big a thing for me to reveal. You gotta trust me on this. There's rules to this stuff that I can't begin to explain to you. Okay, fine. I made it this long in Hollywood without supernatural help. I can make one more picture without it just fine. Could you at least tell me something just for fun? Like what? I don't know. A little thing from the future that doesn't violate any rules of the nether realms. Like what's Barbara making us for dinner tonight? Okay, but you gotta ask me officially. Officially? Yeah, like approach me formally with the incantation or something. Come on, I'm like an oracle to you. You should respect me. Just tell me what to say. I don't know. Something churchy sounding. Oh, come on. Gary Marshall, you didn't respect my anchoring machine and interrupted my cake making. The least you can do is make up an incantation. Fine, fine. Uh, cake boss, cake boss, gifted seer, help a guy out over here. Good enough? Silence. I am entering my trance. Cake boss! Gary Marshall, you have come to the cake boss seeking knowledge of the futures. What is it you wish to know? Come on, you know. I am in a trance, Gary Marshall. You must ask me what you wish to know. Oh, never again. Okay, what is my wife making for dinner tonight? I am gazing across the gulf of time, all the way into the dinner hour. I see, I see, 
A nice roast. What, again? That is all I may tell you. Boy, was this not worth it. But wait, Gary Marshall. The future has more to say to you. Oh, yeah? Take care in choosing your companions. There is a Judas in your number. One who will betray you and your comrades. Beware, Gary Marshall. Beware. Okay, is that it? What? What happened at the end there? Yeah, I get it, buddy. You're a regular Gene Dixon. Now listen, one last thing. I need you to make a cake for me. Of course! Making cakes is what I do! Cake boss! I need a cake shaped like the Loch Ness Monster to celebrate my discovery and probable capture of her. And maybe a little doll of me in plaid pants and a pith helmet standing there. No problem. I still got a dinosaur mold left over from that intelligent design party. I can put some plaid pants on that and figurine and that'll be you. There you go, Loch Ness Monster and little Gary Marshall cake. When do you need it by? Let's see. Three months to prep the movie, six months of shooting, another three in post, two weeks to find the Loch Ness Monster and prove her existence to the world. I guess I'll need the cake one year and two weeks from now. Oh, Bachelor, the money can carry Marshall. You're really putting the cake boss under the gun here. If only you'd say one year, two weeks, and one day from now. Come on, this is your business. You make elaborate cakes. You can't be surprised when people ask you to make elaborate cakes. Oh, St. John DeLorean, you're driving me crazy. Okay, listen, I'll do this for you for free. If you give a buddy of mine a part in your movie, nothing big, he's going through a hard time and he needs a little shot in the arm. You do this for me and we're even Stevens. Is he even an actor? Wait, I don't care. Just do what you can, buddy. Let me know when you got those fake dragees for me. Gary, I gotta get to work. I'll talk to you later. Get back in here, you Moscow zones. We gotta make some cakes. Ooh, that one got a little scary at one point. I don't mind telling you that I was a little afraid. I do mind telling you that I wasn't really afraid. So I'll thank you not to ask me to tell you that. And I appreciate your welcoming me in response to my thanks for you asking me not to tell you. No, for you not asking me to tell you. <sighs> They're going to be untangling that sentence for centuries, ladies and gentlemen. That is for future generations. People who have clear skin and stuff. That's right. They're, I'm talking about people beyond the silver jumpsuits. That's how far in the future I'm talking. Stages of human evolution. Several of them have gone by. Now people have transparent skin. Ugh. You can see all their guts and veins and stuff. But maybe they have less guts and veins. Or maybe the stuff is not so jumbled up in there. Ugh. You can just see, like, the intestines. Is that the most... <laughs> is that the most efficient thing? Like when they say you have a mile or so of intestines all coiled up like that. 
That just seems like there's gotta be a better way. I mean, I, I am chewing my food like crazy. Still gotta go through a mile of uh, guts to get processed into my stomach. Get it together, human body. Just saying. Uh, I'm hoping in the future everything is streamlined. So that when you can see through people's skin, which I'm, I've decided is definitely going to happen. That it just, it looks nice. It looks... Doesn't look like a bunch of junk people crammed in there. It looks like it was designed nicely and with the viewer in mind <laughs> to do all the stuff that it's supposed to do. I hope we evolve past eating too. I like I like food okay, but oh, what a hassle. Man, oh man. Throughout the day you're hungry. Constantly having to shove food in that thing, your mouth. It's inefficient. I guess yeah. Either I'm attacking God, or intelligent design, or evolution. Just... Can't wait till you have that see-through skin and everything is streamlined. What are mouths gonna look like? Are our mouths gonna close up when we don't need food anymore? When you just get your nutrients from smell? I don't like that. Cause that means... I bet that means our noses are gonna look weird. And they're plenty weird enough, believe you me. Noses? Oof. Could do better than that. Let's see. Eyes? Too fragile. <sighs> that eyelid? That's the covering. Ear holes? So delicate. Your eardrum. Going up on a plane. We'll wreak havoc on them. And then what's the solution? Gum. What? I, you're gonna have to explain this whole thing to me. Don't, though. Because I don't want to know. I like being ignorant. That's something that we'll always have. <laughs> blissful ignorance. Willful ignorance. The most blissful of ignorances. I'm assuming that's the plural. Anyway, fellow stupid people. Fellow willfully stupids. Fellow Willful Stupids! That's what I call you. That's my little pet name for you, the listener. Oh, my fellow Willful Stupids. Um, I'm gonna play you a clip from The Paul F. Tompkins Show, my live variety show. This was a sketch I did November of 2004 with the great comedic actress Jennifer Coolidge. You might know her as Stifler's mom from the American Pie movies. You might know her from a bunch of her other credits too. She's pretty good. You might know her personally. You might be her. Hi, Jen. <laughs> the odds of her listening to this are very slim. But look, here, oh my God, I just realized Evan shifted into Danny Boy because we're talking about the Paul F. Tompkins show. That is some... He's a clever dude over there in that other room. 
He can hear me, but I can't hear him. Ha ha. I win. I have the power of hearing. But he has the power of playing the piano. Trump's hearing. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. <laughs> but if it wasn't for hearing, why would anybody play the piano? It's not like just the moving your fingers up and down the keys is the great part. <laughs> oh, I don't care for the sounds. I just love touching these keys. Weirdo. Anyway, here's a Thanksgiving-themed sketch. Me and Jennifer Coolidge. From November 2004, we are discussing the first Thanksgiving. Please do enjoy it. And please do... No, just enjoy it. I... I don't want you to do anything else. Don't do, like, any chores while you're listening to this. I want you to sit there, <laughs> stare straight ahead, and listen to this. That's how I That's how I intended for people to listen to this podcast, <laughs> sitting and staring straight ahead. If you're not doing that, you're listening to it wrong. Probably should have mentioned that on the first one. Eh, you live and you learn. I do anyway, you willful stupids. Folks, so often at this time of year... We celebrate the national holiday of Thanksgiving. But what is Thanksgiving? Where does it come from? There's a story behind it. And here to tell us that story is a historian. Please welcome historian Evelyn Matador. Evelyn Matador, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, a lot, a lot of history fans. A lot of history fans, Evelyn. Evelyn, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Paul. <laughs> no, and speaking of thanks, uh, the first Thanksgiving took place in 1621, and it was... Whoa, it was whoa, whoa, you don't, you don't have to dive right into the story. We could chat a little bit. Oh, I just got so excited because all these people were watching. <laughs> it's you know? fun. Yeah, it's fun. It happens to everybody. Um... <laughs> So now, Evelyn, you are a historian. Yes. Yeah. And isn't history boring as hell? Yes, unfortunately it is. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, try another career? <laughs> well, actually, my true love was uh, writing crime. Uh -huh. uh, cr crime, writing... Tell your story, go! <laughs> The, the first Thanksgiving uh, actually took place. It was uh, the pilgrims were celebrating their first, uh, their first uh, successful harvest. And they, they invited the dolphins to uh, join them in their celebration because the um, dolphins and the pilgrims <clears throat> were making angry over the ground. And the... Um, Wait, what? Um, you know, they were making the angry over the ground. Um, are you all right? Is something happening to you? No, I was just telling you that, um, the first Thanksgiving story. Yeah, and it was going real good. And then, um, and then you started to have a fit or something. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I noticed you threw some dolphins in there, too. 
Well, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't know a lot of words, and the... The, um, the, uh, the words that I do know, I, I'm not quite clear on. How many, how many words would you say you know? 100. And of that 100, how many would you say you had a real good, solid handle on? About uh, 60. Hmm. Uh, if I may ask you this, why, why do you know so few words? Well, I didn't catch all of your question, Paul, but, um, <laughs> but I... I mean, I guess what you're saying is, you know, why do I have so few words in my brain, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the gist of it, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I, I really don't know that. Uh, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, maybe my ear holes are really small, and um, maybe it's hard, you know, it's hard for the words to climb in so easy. Oh. Fair enough. Um... Well, would you say that you would be able to tell the first Thanksgiving story in 60 words? Uh, well, you know, I, I feel like I, I'm a little tapped out right now, mm. and um, I feel like I kind of blew my wad early. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, are there any other stories that you could tell that maybe wouldn't tax your vocabulary? Uh, let's see, I don't know, let's, um, well, I don't really have any, um, that are in the movies that are in my head. <laughs> you mean you don't know any from memory? Well, I guess. Okay, um, do you have any written down? I don't really know what your mouth is saying right now. Um... Do you have any where you did the thing where you make the stick bleed on the flat thing? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, um, this is uh, from the, uh, a story that I wrote about when I ate an orange. Um, um, this is the story of the time that I ate the orange. It was good. I liked the orange. Uh, it made me happy and, and showed my teeth. And I showed my teeth because I was not sad. <laughs> and the story is over. You know, Evelyn, your story of eating the orange isn't all that different from the story of the first Thanksgiving. <laughs> you see, folks, Thanksgiving is really all about counting the blessings that we have all around us all year long. Now, when I say the word blessings, I don't mean it in any religious sense. I mean, you're all alone in this world and you gotta make it all by yourself and you're not gonna get any help from God. <laughs> now, I turned my back on that cruel son of a bitch 10 years ago. You know why? 
Let's not do this here. No, when I say the word blessings, I guess what I'm talking about is the simple everyday things that we're surrounded by in all of our lives. The things that, well, I guess the things that make us show our teeth. So thanks, Evelyn. I ate the orange. Yes, you did. You sure did. Yeah. Now, Evelyn, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? What are you going to do? Oh, well, I'm going to have two more oranges. Yeah. Oh. How about you? Oh, well, I'm going to Philadelphia. Oh, I'm going to climb into the hollow, shiny bird and make the air take me to the edge of the flat thing where the pictures of the places are. Yeah, I went to the faraway place and I, I saw a dragon. <laughs> Did it look like a big bell with a crack in it? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's where I grew up. Yeah. Well, Evelyn, uh, I don't know what else to say, but uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Oh. <laughs> Just like the dolphins and the pilgrims. You know what, uh, Paul, you should stop that really condescending laughter because I know what I'm talking about. In the first Thanksgiving, I know the difference between Indians and dolphins, and there were dolphins at the first Thanksgiving. So why don't you look it up, you big douchebag? I'm really sorry. Yeah. Evelyn Matador, everyone. She got mad at me. There you go. That was that sketch. It happened. It happened in the past, and I brought it to you in the present. Now in the past. That's how time works. We're in the present. Past. Oh, scary, right? Scary to think about. We're all aging, bodies falling apart. Soon we will be dust. That reminds me, friendship is a wonderful thing. It's nice to have friends as you crumble to dust. <laughs> it's nice to know you're not alone. Not alone in your crumbles. Hmm. <laughs> That's a little slogan I made up for friendship. It's nice to not be alone in your crumbles. <laughs> Please, somebody, make that an expression and make it seem like we've always said it. I wouldn't mind seeing that on a card. I mean like a greeting card that he would send to a friend. I don't mean just any kind of... anything that falls under the definition of card. I almost said rubric! But I'm not quite sure how to use that word. But I like the sound of it. I like rubric. I like bailiwick. Don't like wheelhouse. The word I'm okay with. I guess I don't like the the actual housing of wheels. I'm f I fear for the safety of my fingers. I need my precious fingers. I need them, folks. I need them to point at things, to dial phones. What else? What else? Is that it? Yeah, it's probably 
probably it. I could probably get by without my fingers now that I think about it. I mean, I could only come up with the two uses, so, uh... They're not that important to me. If my fingers were that important, I would have thought of more uses. A lot of talk about the human body on this episode. But look, we're all walking around in our human bodies until we finally get past having transparent skin and we are just floating consciousnesses. That's too far into the future. Let's take it easy. Anyway, friendship is very important. And a friendship that is important to me, very much so, is my friendship with the comedian Jen Kirkman. She's an old pal of mine. She's a current pal of mine. She is a future pal of mine. Yeah, I'm going to say, and this might be hubris, but I'm going to say Jen and I will always be friends. Mm, boy, now that I said that, I'm afraid we're not going to be friends at some point. I'm going to say, now this might be hubris, but I'm going to say even God himself could not sunder my friendship with or to Jen Kirkman. Not sure what, <laughs> where you go after sunder. <laughs> you can't sunder my friendship with that person. Am I sundered too? Someone, oh. I guess that's why people don't say that word anymore. What are the rules of sunder? Hey, sunder experts. Please email me. The sunder rules. And then make that a song, The Sunder Rules. First try Springsteen. He probably won't go for it. Then try Bob Seger. He might go for it. I don't know where you go from there. Mellencamp? Eventually it makes its way to the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> That's the chain of command. <laughs> I don't know how many people are in between John Mellencamp and the Black Eyed Peas. Bruce Co Coburn is in there somewhere. I almost said Bruce Cockburn. I think that's a guy, too. And, of course, Rooster Cogburn. You got Bruce Coburn, Bruce Cockburn, Rooster Cogburn. And that's the chain of command. Then the Black Eyed Peas. All right. So, it goes Springsteen. Bob Seger. Mellon, John Cougar's Mellencamp. Then Bruce Coburn. Then Bruce Cockburn. Then the fictional character, Rooster Cogburn. Then the Black Eyed Peas. So please write that down and teach it to your children. So they'll be prepared in civics class. The civics class I'm going to teach. What do you hear about voter registration? It involves tying a message to a pigeon. <laughs> Could it be any less efficient than the way we do it now? <laughs> Political comedy. I did it. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let's check in with our friend, Jen Kirkman. That's right. She's your friend now, too. Um, we're going to chat a little bit about Thanksgiving. You can talk to but we won't be able to hear you. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. Are you by a, a rushing waterfall? <laughs> that is my electric tea kettle. Hey, you you got that for me. 
for your uh, for your wedding for, for your wedding. It was a wedding gift. Yes. What do you? What it's, do you? Um, I'm making some hot water with some um, hot water and honey. Are you having throat issues? No, I'm not. But it's it's really good for you. Um, and I figured it would help help make sure my voice stays not so raspy. Right. During this phone call. You have that concert in Central Park. Don't announce it before it's time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. Look, I'll edit this Please part edit out. That. Please will, edit that. Yes, of course. Hang on. I'm just taking my mug to bed. Are you going to be I in? always do these from my bed. I didn't realize that. But I'm you... always in bed when we do these. For some reason, whenever we do these, I have to get up at 6 a.m. the next day. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, you have work tomorrow? I have to go to court, Van Nuys Courthouse. What? What happened? It's so stupid, you'll kill yourself. I basically... Renewed my Wait, car don't tell registration. Me. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Wait. You tried to murder me just now. It seems that way. Do you look forward to Thanksgiving? Is that a holiday that you enjoy? To be honest, Paul, it's my favorite holiday, but I've never had it the way I wanted. And it and it makes me a little sad every year. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> I did not expect that to happen. <laughs> no, you know what it is? Is every, um, you know, I've lived in Los Angeles for nine years and my family lives on the East Coast. Yes. And I fly home for Christmas every year. So Thanksgiving, it just seems like a waste. And my family doesn't really do anything. Like they've, we all kind of scattered and do our own thing. So the last time I had a family Thanksgiving was like 2001 um, when I was Odyssey. still living in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what it was a space odyssey. I guess we couldn't top that one. <laughs> <laughs> Loading turkey at zero gravity, you know. Every year I've done a different thing for Thanksgiving out here in L.A. Mm-hmm. And it usually involves, like, whoever my closest friends are that year or, sadly, the people that will have me when I'm in a transition. <laughs> so I'm always, like, homeless. Yeah. In my mind, I want to have a Thanksgiving, like, on Friends, where it's like, oh, I don't want to be Monica because I don't cook. But, like, everyone come to my place and... Bring your like, own food. In my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone come to my place and bring a Thanksgiving dinner. I just feel like I've always longed for that warm home where everyone comes over and yeah. it's just everyone loves hanging out there and all my friends are there. And, sure, my family can come, too, if they're around. I just love Thanksgiving so much. Yeah. But I always have a little bit of an alternative one. You know, actually, one of my favorite Thanksgivings, my mom's mom, my nana, who's now deceased, she <laughs> she started taking antidepressants one year uh, in her 80s because she Just said, to do it? I don't know why I'm, I'm still living. <laughs> <laughs> she was very funny. <laughs> and so she would go, I took my little pill, and then she'd have a wine, and she would get honest (laughs) and then my dad does this thing every year and i haven't seen him do it in like nine years and it makes me really sad thinking about it but it's really funny (laughs) is we would have pie at the end and my mom would bring out the cool whip in the plastic tupperware right and my sister my sister gail would go sing the song dad and he'd go okay and then we would start dying laughing before he even sang it because we knew it was coming. But like the type of laughing where you're just crying and like maybe you're going to throw up. And he would just sing, cool whip, cool whip, yeah, yeah, das is good, best by far. And he claimed that was a What? What? Cool whip, cool whip, yeah, 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 das is good? 
Like it goes into German? <laughs> right? Is that what you like just that? said? Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, das is good, best by far. And then my sister literally <laughs> would be... Hey, wait, wait, is the last line best by far? Yeah, but okay. with the accent, best by far. And my sister Gail would laugh so hard that it's just that kind of thing where it sounds like somebody just watched their loved one get shot, where she's just like... <laughs> like that kind of laughter. Because he claims, he claims this was a commercial in the 70s. In the he 70s? He claims it's a TV jingle he's singing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like stupid stuff like that. Like, that's all I remember. It's yeah. like, that's my favorite thing. And now my parents go to Foxwoods Casino on Thanksgiving. Uh, did, you, did you ever have any Thanksgiving conflict? It wasn't a conflict. It was a, I had, I had, it was my first Thanksgiving in L.A. And it was my first Thanksgiving without my family. Mm-hmm. And I had just been dumped two weeks before Mm -hmm. a bunch of friends of mine from college whom I really hadn't kept in touch with since college. I found out that they have this thing called the misfits Thanksgiving, which is for people who don't have anywhere to go, but they are what I call like the friends. Like they are all close. They have been close since college. They did this every year. They're that group of people that they just wake up and, you know, Dave calls Sue and then Sue calls Jenny and Jenny calls Peter. And that's like, they're all just together all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's this tight-knit group of eight people. And they invited me to come over, and I really didn't think, like I was such a non-adult, that I really didn't think it would be a real Thanksgiving. I thought it would be like Charlie Brown with like popcorn and toast. (laughs) And they're like, bring your favorite dish. And I'm like, like, (laughs) I didn't think there was going to be a dish. And so I got there. You thought like it was going to be like an actual, like an empty dish, like a dish, like literally... (laughs) Like the the object, a dish. I brought this plate I made in fifth grade. <laughs> no, I brought like, I really don't know. I think I tried to cook something. I lived with these hippies that were Craigslist roommates, and I never <laughs> used the common area. And I think I tried to attempt to make some mashed potatoes in the kitchen, but this weird hippie guy I lived with was like, hey, what are you doing? And he'd just been dumped as well. Ew. And so he, I he, think he was yeah. trying to start something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, nothing. So I, like, half-mashed some potatoes, <laughs> brought them over in Tupperware, and it was not enough for anybody, and it was not good. <laughs> but I think at some point I had indicated, okay, I'll bring potatoes. Right. So I was the one to provide the mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving. Your favorite dish. And there weren't any <laughs> because of me. Well, walking through the door, I still wasn't taking it seriously. I still didn't think I, they were really relying on me to bring the mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving. Right. And I you really thought that's just, like a, that's just like an expression that people use. <laughs> bring the mashed potatoes. Don't be late. <laughs> I remember walking up the steps, and it smelled like Thanksgiving, and there was clearly cooking, and I just thought, oh, they've got this. And then I came in, and they're like, mashed potatoes are here. And I was like, kind of. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't really do it. It was just like one of those things where I was clearly the only one there without a boyfriend or girlfriend. Right. I had made it very clear that I had just been dumped. Yes. And I think there was just an energy I was giving off that was like, I can't handle anything in my life. Like, I'm not an adult. (laughs) Like, I'm a 28-year-old fool. Yes. So, I think, and it wasn't sad necessarily. It was like, I guess I'm Dupree or whatever. I didn't even see that movie. 
but like I'm that person. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. It wasn't sad. It was just like, oh, I got it. Okay. So I gave, you know, I put my sad potatoes down and I think uh, they had, of course, this is like a normal person that has like a stick of butter and some potatoes and some milk anyway. Right. And like they just made some there. Right. And I just sat in the living room with the guys because I didn't know how to cook and I let the ladies do their thing. And then... (laughs) proceeded to drink <laughs> on on sadness and an empty stomach. Absolutely. And I didn't do anything stupid, but I was definitely like, hey guys, I'm so thankful because I got through, you know, just like making speeches about <laughs> how heartbroken I was. But really, if, if the heartbreak had to lead me back to this group of friends, then and God bless it, you know, like trying to (laughs) inspire people. Absolutely. (laughs) And what was so weird was some of these, the reason I knew these people again was because my ex-boyfriend knew them. Like it was a whole thing. So I didn't really have everyone quite on my side. Like no one had chosen sides yet in the breakup. Right. I think they were still trying to figure out what the hell was going on. So it was very embarrassing. And I just felt like a complete idiot. And I was just, yeah, I was just making speeches and talking about how thankful I was. <laughs> and just sort of being that person that opens the next bottle of wine, like before anyone else. Like just being that person. <laughs> but not in like a fun, jovial way. And then yeah. then it, they have all these traditions, like they were having a sing-along because they were going to put the Christmas tree up that night. And a lot of these people are of a musical theater. Who were these people? I still know them. I'm not making fun of them. They're awesome people. But they're but just they, they like, really are like out of fiction. <laughs> yes. They do it up. They they really have traditions and they were having some kind of tree tree trimming, sing along something or other. And I just couldn't stay because I I felt so weirdly self-conscious. And so I called a friend um, to pick me up. And then we went back to my place and we, it was like the first time I'd hung out in my common area. Uh-huh. And I was hanging out with like my misfit friend from college who like, he doesn't do anything. Right. And so we were sitting in my living room and talking loudly and I was making fun of my hippie roommate who'd been dumped and I didn't know he was home. And then he walked into the kitchen and was like, oh, hey, Jim, can you keep it down? I'm just trying to go to sleep. Things haven't been going so well. And I'm like, oh, totally. And I was like, I'm the worst person in the world. <laughs> That's just a little holiday bonus for everybody. Exactly. Oh, the poor guy. I mean... But he was a weird dude, too. I mean, he was really a weird hippie who, when I first moved in, his girlfriend used to live there. She moved out. Mm -hmm. So the two of them came in my bedroom, and they're like, thanks for being our roommate. We think it's going to be great. So what was New York like? And they're like, you know what? I'm glad those people died in 9-11. All those rich people in that building, they deserve what they got for having those money-grubbing jobs. And I'm like, uh, this was like December 01. I'm like, okay. Oh, so nice I. Meeting you. So enough time had passed, is what you're saying. Yeah. So it was like normal to start trash talking <laughs> the, the victims, but. <laughs> wow. So these people weren't like perfect angels, and I, you know. Yeah. 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 I'm just trying to make myself look better now by 
invoking. Well, that did it. <laughs> that did it. Let anyone judge me. Well, Southie, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope we end up getting to see each other. Well, let's stop hoping and start hoping. That's no. I, I hope I, you have a one. Hold on a second. I hope that expression catches on. <laughs> let's stop hoping and start coping. <laughs> no more rope doping. Moping, something like that. Anyway, yes, I yeah, hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And I have a feeling you will because it'll involve me and our significant O's and whoever else you want to welcome into the hearth. There we go. That's right. It's I got an open hearth policy. <laughs> Just check your egos at the door. That's all I ask. Eggnog! Oh, yeah, that's right! Thank you for reminding me! We're going to have eggnog, and it's going to be great. Oh, my God. Thank you, as always. Uh, it is always a delight to speak with you, and uh, and uh, I, I, I wish everyone uh, a wonderful Thanksgiving. Well, it's always wonderful to speak with you, and I wish everyone listening a wonderful Thanksgiving. I feel like I'm talking to them, too. That's right. <laughs> that, was, that was where I was headed with it, and I'm glad you followed my lead. I took it home. You re- <laughs> You always do. I took it hard. All right. Uh, I will talk to you very soon. Home is where the heart is, by. <laughs> ah, Jen. I hope that that Thanksgiving plan does work out. I hope we see each other. I think that we will. And if you're listening to this at Thanksgiving, gathered with your family or someone else's family, I, I leave the possibility open that some people might be uh, living in some sort of television movie where they are a vagrant who's been taken in by a family. And then they teach that family a lesson about the importance of family or something. I don't know. How come the vagrant never learns a lesson? <laughs> How come the TV movie isn't dumb vagrant? <laughs> was selfish. He's like a Scrooge. Vagrant Scrooge. And a family turns him around. Then he becomes a better vagrant. Oh, I guess that is why that story does not happen that way in TV movies. Then what, we're going to go back to his depressing life out on the streets? Good call, TV movie makers. I guess you are a few steps ahead of uh, old Paul F. Tompkins. Who just came up with the worst idea. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of gathering together, if you would like to gather together to see me perform stand-up comedy, why don't you join the the Tompkins 300. It's a movement on Facebook, the social networking platform. It was just in a movie, did you see? 300 people want me to come to their town. Join a group on Facebook. And then guess what? I book a show in that town. I've been doing it for about a year now. It has been very successful. The shows have been a lot of fun. Let's so check Facebook. 
See if I'm in your town. Already. What? <laughs> no, don't see if I'm there already. See if there's already been a group established for your town. What, you like... You like, uh... You like the idea of me coming to your town, but you don't like Facebook? Ugh, it's always a hassle with you. Just do a search for it and see if I'm coming or not. And keep track of it without joining Facebook. You're so cool. So cool. Too cool for Facebook. Well, you don't have to be on Facebook to know if Paul F. Tompkins comes to your town. You just have to listen to this to know that Paul F. Tompkins comes to your town. What? How, how does it work? Well, first it starts with an introduction that says, Paul F. Tompkins comes to your town. Paul F. Tompkins comes to your town. Ah. Just relax. Let your mind go. Not completely. Don't, don't become insane. Just relax. Just relax to the edge of insanity. You know how to do that, right? We all do. It's just in us. Uh, ohm, like that. Boy, that's a relaxing word. Don't abuse it. You become brain dead. <laughs> that's what people don't tell you about Ohm. People always, oh, yogis, they're always forgetting to tell you. If you say Ohm too much, you become a Terry Shivo. But at least you have a crazy family that refuses to believe you're a vegetable. Anyway, what were we talking about? Paul of Tompkins comes to your town. Or maybe to your plane of existence. <laughs> oh, my. If you live in Dallas, Tejas, Wednesday, November 4th, I'll be at the Granada Theater in Dallas, taking part in Woodstock. It's described as a geek vaudeville nerd church, the variety show for the internet set. I still don't quite understand what it is, but I'll be a part of it. Alongside Woodstock founders, Adam Savage from Mythbusters, and Paul and Storm from the Paul and Storm combo. I'll be subbing for Will Wheaton, who apparently had better things to do. Namaste, Will Wheaton, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing that is earning you more money than Woodstock. For more information, Go to Woodstock.net. That's W zero zero T S T O C K dot net. Zeros, not O's. I think it was in my pronunciation you could hear it. Woot! Clearly I'm indicating two zeros. Some people might say Woodstock, like they say roof. Ugh. Don't say that. Isn't it more relaxing to say woo roof? That's why roofies work so well. <laughs> it's the name more than anything that causes people to become unconscious so you can have sex with them. <laughs> Saturday, November 13th. The Tompkins 300 performances continue at the Rio in Vancouver, Canada. Another country. Sometimes it's good to go to another country and 
expand your mind, exchange your money for other money. It's similar but different. Be sure to adjust your cell phone plan so you don't get charged a million dollars on roaming. That wasn't very relaxing, thinking about those roaming charges. I'm getting anxious. Oh, come on, Rainstick. <laughs> Snap me out of it. Saturday, November 20th. Largo at the Coronet in West Hollywood, California. It's the Paul F. Tompkins Show. Special musical guest. Oh, thanks for showing up, Rainstick. I asked for you a million years ago. Special musical guest, Ben Lee. Special comedy guest, Busy Phillips from Freaks and Geeks and Cougarton. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be really good. Relaxingly good. Please don't fall asleep during my show. For tickets, go to Laugh Stub. Mm, I don't like the word stub any more than you do. Or go to pauliftompkins.com and you'll see a link that will take you to laugh you know what. ST-B. That's how I say to my religion. And a special announcement. You know who else comes to your town? Not just Paul F. Tompkins, but Jen Kirkman, my friend Jen Kirkman. She'll be following in my footsteps, going to the elbow room. Footsteps, elbows. It's all part of a bigger plan. Sorry. Jen Kirkman will be appearing at the Elbow Room in San Francisco, California, Saturday, November 6th. One show only. You can go to jenkirkman.com for more information. I ran out of things to say. I honestly drew a blank the first time in recorded history, literally recorded history, because we record these things. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that bonus moment of meditative music. If you're good with GarageBand, why don't you edit out that little clip that did not feature my dumb voice droning on and on. And then you've got something to listen to next time you're on a plane. I mean, you have to wait till after takeoff and then uh, that's when you need it the most during takeoff because most accidents occur during takeoffs and landings well with that said enjoy everyone enjoy your chakras and whatnot and uh, namaste yes there we go. Paul F. Tompkins comes to your town, setting them up and knocking them down. Gross. There we are, folks. We've done it. We're at the end of another Pod F. Tompcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you did not enjoy it. I hope that you will enjoy it again. I hope you'll download the next one. Because this is fun for me to do. And I hope it's fun for you to listen to. And if it's not, 
I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, dude. I'm assuming it's only men complaining. As it always is, right, lady? Um... I want to thank everyone who helps make this possible. The Pod F Tompcast is produced by Evan Schletter and myself, with sound design and music by Mr. Schletter. For more information on Evan Schletter, look to the stars! Our announcer is Damon Crawl, and the sleepy voice of the internet is Anna. I would like to thank everyone at Largo. Thanks, everyone at Largo. Yeah, I wanted to do it, and then I did it. That's how my life works. I do what I like, and I like what I do. I do what I like, and I like what I do. And I write little songs to remind myself of everything. Ugh. It's a bit of a hassle. A bit of a hassle writing those songs. Because I don't just think up a little tune in my head, and then I put words to it. It's like I sit down... Write out the music, end the lyrics, rehearse these things. So like a little song to remind myself of what to get at the store. A loaf, a bread, a container, a milk, and a stick of butter just to round things out. Like I I go through a lot. I got probably go through a few days of rehearsal before. And they're not long days. It's like, it's like an hour a day. But that's three to four days just to remember what I want to get at the store. I should probably start writing this stuff down. I mean, I am writing it down. Writing down the, the lyrics. I'm just realizing now, I don't need to do the extra step. After I write out the lyrics, that is the shopping list, and I probably don't need to book studio time, rehearse, then record a track to memorize. You know, like I walk around listening to my iPod and memorize the song, you know, I just want to repeat. I probably can just consult the lyrics, which, for all intents and purposes, is a list. <sighs> I've wasted my life. I want to thank my wife, Janie. She has rescued my life from being wasted, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to give her all credit for me not being a vagrant in a TV movie. A poorly written TV movie where I have to learn a lesson. Oh, that's right. If I'm, say I'm saying if I was a vagrant, I would not be the kind that teaches other people stuff. Mm. Way to go, vagrant Paul. In another reality, not our own. What if? What if Paul were a vagrant? Boring. For more information on me, if you want all my live dates and all that stuff, if you want to see them, not hear them. If, you, <laughs> if you're a deaf person who listens to my podcast and you're like, Paul, I can't hear your live dates. I need to read them. First of all, what are you doing? Secondly, paulftompkins.com. Go there. Everything's there. You can also find me on Facebook, on Twitter. At P.F. Tompkins is my handle. Good buddy, 10-4. Smokey in a plain brown wrapper. CB talk. 
find out where I'm doing shows and stuff. Find out other info on me, news, notes. Newts. That's a that's a note that is news. It's also a weird witch fish. <laughs> oh, witch fish. That made me hungry. <laughs> that word I just made up made me hungry. I should not record these before I have eaten. But I can't record after I've eaten because then I am logie. If I record while I'm eating, it's disgusting. So there you go. You are damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, and you're damned if you come up with a third option. That is neither do or do not. There is only try. Right, Yoda? In your face! There is no do or do not. There is only try. How do you like it if I turned it around on you? Classic Dagobah idiot. That's some nerd stuff for you. Get ready, Woodstock. If you like the Pot of Tomcast, leave a review on iTunes. Leave it the maximum amount of stars. And say only positive things. Hmm, there you go. <laughs> Why not? I mean, who cares? Why don't I just come out and say it? I mean, iTunes review so that uh, people will pay attention to the thing. It'll get noted. Like, if it gets a bunch of positive reviews, and people say, huh, what's this? And some people download it and say, I really like this. Other people will download and say, No, no, good. This guy's not funny. They don't know how to use punctuation or capitalization. But they know they don't like me. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Welcome to iTunes, kid. That's what they told me my first day on, at podcasting. <laughs> Welcome to iTunes, kid. I don't like that they called me a kid. They were younger than me. Who are these people? Oh, I durstn't say. I can only reveal so much about podcasting. The, the fraternity of podcasters. You don't want to know, folks. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to know. A line will be crossed. Once you're in this world, there's no getting out of it. They give you a tattoo. My voice broke on the word tattoo. And I tried to pronounce it in a funny way. That's what I get, I guess. Anyway, folks, we'll be back for a full episode on December 1st. There'll be little extra stuff along the way. This time, I promise, some of it's been recorded already. So look for that. Oh, folks, it's hard to say goodbye to you. It's hard knowing that I'm in your ears right now. It's an intimate connection. But we'll be back next month, everybody. Thank you for listening. Please be good to each other. I'm not saying it like a nice idea. I'm begging you here. Be good to each other. Everybody needs to stop being jerks. I'll see you next time, you guys. I'll see you next time. It's nighttime on the internet. Good night, everybody. You are precious in my sight. <laughs>